0: You're listening to Builder Funnel Radio. This is the Building a Family Business Show with Weston Brooks Powell. Let's dive in. The Powell Family construction business has been around for over 110 years. Over that time, it's evolved and been through four generations of the Powell Family. What started as a new construction business building spec homes in the Seattle area evolved to building communities, remodeling, building custom homes, and then getting involved with property management. Today, the business currently owns and operates two retirement and assisted living facilities, several apartment buildings, and does third-party property management in the Seattle area with about 750 total doors under management. Over the last several decades, Wes and Brooks have seen it all when it comes to business evolution, family dynamics in the construction industry. This is the show where I work to extract their knowledge and experiences to help you navigate family dynamics, among other things, in your construction business. Let's dive into the show. Happy clients, more profits, less stress. That's the trifecta of the construction business. We all want that, right? Well, after working and talking with hundreds of builders and remodelers over the past two years, BuildBook has discovered the one common ingredient that determines the success of your construction business, the client experience. Yes, if you drop the ball anywhere in the client experience from the first impression to the final payment, things get super messy, super quickly. BuildBook has spent the past several months developing the first-of-its-kind platform that focuses on helping you deliver throughout the client journey, the one thing standing between you and achieving the trifecta of construction. It starts with marketing tools to attract the right leads, add in sales tools so you can win the best projects, and finish with project tools that knock your client's socks off. If you're looking for an unfair advantage in your business, this is it. Head on over to buildbook.co now to try it free for yourself. That's buildbook.co. All right, let's get back to the show. Hey, and welcome back to Building a Family Business here on Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 33. And... Back again this week, I've got Wes and Brooks. How's it going, fellas?
1: Going great. Going great. I wish I was 33. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you're close, right? You know, 43. That 23 years. Yeah, uh, 56.
1: Yeah, there you go. 56.
0: Close enough. Yeah. yeah. We'll just round down a little bit. Yeah. Seems like something you should be able to do this year, you know, with all the other stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think
1: if uh, round up. I should be like I'm. I'm a very youthful 86.
0: There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was just watching. We we're watching uh, Jerry Seinfeld stand up on Netflix last night, and uh, I don't know. Halfway through, he gets to something where he's talking about age and said he was 65. I'm going, oh, he doesn't look like he's 65. So yeah. there you go. You're a you're a youthful 86, Brooks. So. There you go. The uh, I've never watched any of his stand up Is actually, he's really good. He's, he's really, really good. Really good. <laughs> good. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think yep. this one was called "24 Hours to Kill" or something like that. That's so. a great
1: one. Yeah, that was his latest one. Really good.
0: Yeah, really good. So anyway, highly recommend that <laughs> for anybody. Yeah,
2: he's seen. great. If you get a chance to see him in person, that's awesome. He's come here to Colorado Springs a number of times, so we've seen him, I think, three times now over the years. Oh, wow
0: that's cool yeah yeah they've got that nice little theater downtown is that where you guys went to right,
2: see? exactly yeah performing Arts Center.
0: yeah and i also uh we we watched a few of the uh comedians in cars getting coffee which uh is definitely different there's some funny moments but i, I think he has to have the right guests for that to to work on you know how you know, hard watching. it is you
1: get the wrong guest you know it's like
0: yeah they're very short though. They're like 18 minutes. So <laughs> you can tell that if it gets kind of a wrong guess, those are like four <laughs> minutes shorter. <laughs> he yeah, does most exactly. of the talking. So, well, today we're, we could riff on comedy probably for a long time, but we were going to dive into something we kind of mentioned, I think two weeks ago, this whole concept of kind of the visionary integrator. And as I was thinking about it, that's kind of one piece of it. But a lot of times in business, you kind of think about the separation of sales and, operations and i feel like at least in my personal experience it's really tough to run both of those at the same time just because they they're so different and they require i think pretty different skill sets too but i don't know brooks you know in thinking back on you know your different roles that you've played do you find that you know, you have you run both of those roles at different times, or have you always kind of lived in one of those buckets, either sales and marketing and operations? Early
1: on, when I started with West, West had me in a production role as a superintendent. Then I would do production and interact with the sales people. We had third, you know, we had realtors as salespeople, so the sales process was really handled by somebody else. So really, I ended up interacting with the sales people as the, on the production side. And then, I mean, at different times during my career, I've been in both where I've sold, you know, high-end custom houses and then built them. So that does give you kind of a split personality at different times. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'd say it's pretty challenging to do both.
0: How about you, Wes? Have you, what's been your experience there?
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think uh, I've done both. And I think one of the biggest challenges around doing both is, I think we talked about it last time, is this yin and yang sort of thing where you're going, well, I have to produce the work, but I'm selling the work, but I'm concerned about producing the work so that affects your sales process. Whereas, so sometimes you'll pull back on the sales process, or at least I found myself pulling back on the sales process because I didn't want to get into a situation where it's really having to challenge myself on the production side or be concerned that I was going to be able to produce the work that I was selling. So I think that that can be an issue if you're doing both things or or if you're heavily involved in the production side of it, then you can allow that to kind of knock you off your your sales track.
0: Yeah. So you're basically saying if you're you're in sales mode and you're picking up some traction there, but then you hit this point where you're going, well, I'm also managing all the operations or the production and so how am i going to get this done if i sell it and then does that start to impact your confidence i guess on the sales side or you just right yeah
2: I, i think if you have issues around production you know if you've got production issues and who doesn't have production issues then that that does impact your sales confidence because you have to say hey yeah we can deliver this and we can do it and you know most of the time you can but nothing's perfect in this world so if you can't deliver it 100 of the time, or if there's ever any issues, and you let that get into your head, then you'll have trouble, trouble closing on the on the other side. I think
1: if you don't have a really good handle on what it takes to produce a unit of product, you know whether it's you're doing kitchens or bathrooms or full houses, if you don't really know what the manpower it takes, resources it takes, and the time it takes to do that, it's very hard to slot in you know, jobs. I mean, some people they are starting out, they're selling, then they're producing. So they'll sell a job, they'll produce it. And the job's over. They'll go, Oh, I better go sell something. And then they'll go sell something and then they'll produce it. And, and that's just a, you just, the sooner you can work through that cycle and get out of that, the, the easier it will be to grow. If that's one of your goals. I mean, a lot of, I have some good friends who they're very much, they sell they're And then they, produce it, and then they'll sell another and produce it. And that's exactly where they want to be. They make great money doing it. And that's the business models they want to do. So you really have to ask yourself, what business model do you want? I you mean, know, we're kind of jumping right in and saying, oh, well, what should you do if you're doing both? And how is it a barrier to growth?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Because I guess if you, if you really love the work, then that may be an okay system for you saying, hey, I just need to sell enough so that I can stay busy actually doing the work but if your goal is to grow so, i mean i guess you could you could find somebody else to sell and and you could just keep doing operations i don't know if you guys have had success with that that's never worked for me that well it's never
2: it's never worked that well for me either i would agree now brooks may have had some success with it but i i have not personally
1: i would much rather hire just a crackerjack sales team salesperson and manage that sales process and then have a great production team and manage that process and you just kind of keep them you know working together i think one of the biggest limitations we have as small business owners if we think oh only i can sell or only i can produce you might as well just and if that's what you think great then just build your business around that model as long as you think that only you can do something. That's about the size you'll be until you you change that that construct for yourself, and, and if that's important to you or not.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think that's right, Brooks. You know, you have to you have to decide once again what's what is your goal. Is your goal you know that you're into the craft? Do you have a particular size of business that you'd like? Is growth a goal? So I think it comes back to that. You know, what are your goals for the company first, and then building your systems and everything else around that to to meet those goals.
0: So let's say somebody does the goal is growth. You know, then Brooks, if if we're not taking, you know, likes or dislikes into the equation, like, oh, I like operations or I like sales, have you found that one of those pieces is easier to hire and train first? Or is it doesn't really matter? Like would you have a recommendation if somebody's kind of managing and doing, I guess doing both, and they're saying, hey, I either need to hire a salesperson or I need to hire somebody in operations? Which direction would you go? Well, I would
1: always hire a salesperson first because you need sales to generate your, you know, run your business. <laughs> so I would much rather deal with the chaos of holy criminy. we just sold three kitchen jobs because the salesperson's so good than deal with, oh, I've got a whole production operation and I have no sales. So I always go for hire sales first and I'll deal I'll deal with the chaos on the other end. I mean, as you're as you're hiring a salesperson you should if we went back to the first comment which is know how long it takes to produce a kitchen know how long it takes to produce a bathroom know how long it takes to produce a house and then you know what you can sell hire your salesperson and say hey I can produce one kitchen a month or I can produce whatever you can and then have them, them sell that and ideally you've created a, a lead flow you know through your through your marketing campaigns and that salesperson has something to do so I actually would take it even a step back and say, generate your marketing campaign to generate your lead flow, to hire your salesperson first, to then you know solve your production problems later. You're pushing all of those all of those fronts forward at the same time. I think when we did our renovations business, we spent a year building lead flow with you, Spencer, before back in the in the beginnings of builder funnel, before we even hired a salesperson. So I did the sales until I could afford to hire somebody.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, sales yeah, first. I don't know, West, but you
2: yeah, it. First, yeah. Well, yeah. No, it's just interesting. Well, it's just I'll flip it around, take the other side of it, which is yeah. I think you know you need to have your operations kind of not totally grooved in, but you do have to have your your systems in place, and then especially if you're starting out, you know, you're a sole proprietor, you build your operation systems. Then you move over to the sales side, you kind of figure out your sales side, then you hire into sales and then start to grow that way. So I would look at it that way versus Brooks's way, which is kind of the controlled chaos approach, which is, hey, we've got sales, now let's figure out how we're gonna do it.
0: This is classic of it has both of your, has to do with your personality. personality yeah. right? I think <laughs> a lot of it has to do
2: with your personality and your approach. I don't think either one is is wrong or right. You know, I think a lot of it's gonna come down to. To what you're comfortable with as a as a business owner, but just remember you're you're gonna to have to work through both of them. Oh absolutely at some point to be successful, yeah. right? You know, you, uh, I knew a guy had a a different type of business, but um he was a great sales guy and he was constantly selling and landing deals and then he was trying to figure out how to deliver after the fact and it, it was always chaos. So well,
1: and I it, and I make it sound
2: very much like oh it's all sales then figure oh out. no I know yeah
1: You say too, you're like, be like all production, then sales. And I think everybody listening has some form of business that's operating. So they have some production capacity, they have some sales capacity. And if they're trying to move beyond just uh, as a sole proprietor selling and producing, yeah, decide where you're at. And it may be, you know what, I can, if I'm the sole proprietor, I can sell enough right now to fine tune my operations. And that keeps the business running and then plan for growth and then get your operations that's really highly tuned and then bring on your salesperson and say, okay, I'm ready. I could absorb whatever this, this salesperson can throw at me. If you're dying for sales, you're not making enough money. You're, you need to get a better volume, you know, hire the salesperson and, you know, have your operations team teed up like, okay, this is going to be rough, but we'll get yeah. through it. And everybody's going to have to really step up to make it through it. And we're going to, there's going to be a lot of evolution and a lot of change in the next six months while we, sell and build these projects at a much higher rate
0: yeah that's interesting I was just thinking about well what both of you guys said and and I at first thought I was maybe leaning towards what Wes said but I think it's kind of that combination of personality like you guys brought up like what maybe where are you stronger and then maybe your ability to hire and train either one of those because I tried to hire and train sales before operations and fell flat on that a few times. Then I tried to fill the operations role and then I would just have more time to sell and that worked really well. And so maybe it was a combination of my ability to train one of, one or either of those roles and I just did better on the operations side and, and kind of failed on the other side. So I don't know, Is what do you guys think about that? Is like ease of trying to fill one of those?
1: I think it's, it's an interesting question that each business owner has to ask themselves, which is to what size are you trying to get to accomplish your goals? Because that determines how hard you will work at it. You know,
2: case
1: in point, like for our business, we hired one salesperson and I never went beyond that because I knew I didn't want to go to a size that meant, oh, I should have two or three salespeople, a sales manager. I'm going to have, you know, 40 more employees. I just knew, you know, one salesperson generates enough sales to meet the goal of the size of the business. And so we stopped there. For you, Spence, like you said, you tried both, you know, for your personality, it might just be, it's a better fit. You're like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, spend a lot of time in in the sales side of it. And then some on general management, or you, you know, you might end up being like, I'm 110% sales. I have a general manager. I have another, because those things tend to be, easier to hire for than trying to train a salesperson. We were very fortunate in our hire for our remodeling salesperson, pretty mature guy. He was happy as a client to be there and he could just, he just crushed it. But I went through another salesperson before that, that uh, did not crush it. <laughs> the,
0: <laughs> uh, opposite <of> it. <laughs> the opposite of crushing it. The
1: opposite of crushing it. So I,
0: yeah. I but feel you like stuck maybe, with it to figure it out, which I think is big, like not giving up you know, because you knew you wanted to fill that role. Yeah, we had to,
1: otherwise we're going to go out
2: of business. You know, so that was, yeah. The well, heck did not want to sell. I, <laughs> I, I think even once again, it kind of goes back to your goals too. I mean, if you, if you really think that you're going to sell your business, then you absolutely cannot be the key salesperson. Absolutely. As the owner, otherwise there's, there's no value to that business. That's a very, that's a great point.
0: Yeah, so if you do want to sell, you pretty much got, I mean, you got to do everything. You got to basically remove yourself from the app, from everything right. to an extent. Yeah. The more time I spend in the marketing business, the more I realize that marketing isn't just about your website, signage, social media and print collateral. Marketing really sits across every part of your business. It starts with your brand, your signs, your website, but it continues on through the sales process. How you present yourself and your company on a sales call incorporates marketing. And just as importantly, how you deliver your service to your client is marketing. The feelings that they have in the middle and the end of the project are big factors in determining whether they will spread the word about you. At the end of the day, marketing across the entire customer life cycle is really tough. That's why I love what BuildBook is up to. They've been working hard to bridge those gaps and solve those problems. Their new tools start on the marketing side, continue into the sales conversation, and finish with the project. Get these three elements working together and your business will be humming along. Happy clients, more profits, less stress. If you're aiming for the trifecta of the construction business, head on over to buildbook.co to try it free for yourself. That's buildbook.co. All right, let's get back to the show. And if that is your goal, then based on what I'm hearing and my personal experience, too, you got to kind of keep keep trying to fill those roles. And if you strike out, you know, just know that you're you're taking a, a positive step in learning what didn't work to try to get to that person. And Brooks, you hit them on number two, which is awesome. But it may take more than that to find that right person.
1: Yeah, and I, it, I think it really goes back. A lot of these questions we, we talk about on the show are you really have to go back to what is your ultimate end goal? You know where are you trying to get to, and that drives where you're going to spend your time and energy. If your business is a way for you to work independently and generate income for your your lifestyle and your family, and that's what you want it to do, a lot of these things we're talking about you don't need to do because you're you're able to. This is a good a good living. I enjoy doing what I'm doing, and when I'm you know done working, I'll hit my four hundred one k and Social Security, and I'm good. If you're trying to use it to do other things you know you're trying to build a business to pass on to your kids or you're trying to create you know be high net worth or something then that business is doing different things and you have to do different things so i think you got to go back to that original question you know as we all flail around trying to figure out what we're doing <laughs> you know
0: yeah do we ever figure that out do you ever figure out what we're trying to do <laughs> I, or is that just a I life? Know, I just, I just keep no, that's just right.
2: too much of an existential, existential <laughs> question, Spencer. All yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> sorry, sorry. You know, I just it made me think of uh, I don't know. I follow Gary Vaynerchuk a lot, and he always talks about. He's like, all, all the parents always say, like, "Hey, you got to go to college. You got to figure out what your career is." And he's like, most of them don't know what <laughs> what they want to do. So it just made. me they're hopeful, their
2: kids yeah. will get it figured out.
0: Right, <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> yeah, that's really. it. I mean, we could go down though
1: rabbit hole on this one. It's just kind of a, I've never spent a lot of time trying to figure out what I wanted to do when people say, well, you know, what do I Just do it. You know, so I, so I, it's hard for me first, for for me to understand that, you know, question
0: kind of the the purpose question or. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's not something I really, really I I think probably just because I feel like our generation maybe didn't spend a lot of time navel gazing. Yeah. Just because you're like, well, I need to get a job, I need to make some money, You've got a family to support you know would like to buy a house, and you just you just start rolling you know and then and maybe later fifteen years later you start to think about some of that stuff <laughs> um, but I feel like folks coming out today coming out of college spend more time thinking about that, and maybe back in the sixties people thought about it. who knows yeah, there might might be, could
1: be it could be yeah. You know, the the greatest generation, they came out and went to war and it's like, you know, that's what we're doing. And so there wasn't a lot of time for that. It's like, holy crap, I hope I don't get killed. You know, and you think about it, you know, World War II was quickly followed by Korea. Right. And, uh, you know, a little bit longer, Vietnam. So there's, you know, depending on where you were in those generations, some guys, I, you know, some friends of mine, their parents were in World War II and Korea. Right. Kidding me. Yeah. Both? (laughs) Yeah, you
0: know? yeah, that changes the perspective just a little bit.
1: Yeah, you get back yeah. to
0: two of those deals, you're like, holy Toledo! Yeah,
1: not a lot of navel gazing. It's like I'm <laughs> <not> alive. Yeah, <laughs>
0: you know? basically anything will be awesome because it's I'm still here. Be awesome! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perspective is a powerful thing. That's for sure. Well, maybe this is a good, good segue uh, from this this rabbit trail into. Sorry about t- that. No, no, this is good. I think it's. I mean, it goes back to what you, your point was, which is all of this, you know, that we're talking about, we can give recommendations and guidance and kind of talk about your guys' experience. And and I think that gives a lot of context and examples, but at the end of the day, people have to decide where their finish line is or where their, you know, track is that they're trying to be on. And then that will dictate some of these things that you guys are bringing up. So I think, I think it's valid. I don't think we went too far off course, but uh, but yeah, I it'd be,
1: back in. yeah,
0: look at that. You know, we just circled it back around, and now I'll just do this nice transition into. Hey, it's the end of the year. W- what are your takeaways? I'm I'm curious. I did did one last week uh, solo without you guys on on my takeaways. So hopefully, you haven't listened to that one. But Wes, uh, I'm curious. What uh, you know? As we've been doing this, you know, thirty. Yes, this is episode thirty three. Anything that's kind of stood out as we've kind of talked well, through I, a bunch I, I of do the do ask topics? that Spencer.
2: I happen yeah. to uh, jot down a few things before oh, I start
0: perfect, perfect. Yeah. we do <laughs> actually yeah, cut I for still. this a little bit, guys. Yeah, right. It's a little bit, but <laughs> <laughs> <A>
2: little bit. <laughs> yeah. funny thing is is that we've actually hit on on some of them. So the first thing I put down is think through your goals for your business. You know, first and foremost, yeah. is it your business and you just want your kids to work there? Or is it a family business that you'd like to see last for at least one more generation? You know, those are two totally different types of family businesses. And so you need to decide. And so I think that's number one, what are your goals? And then make sure you communicate what your goals are very clearly to all the other affected parties. So that would be your kids and other family members that might be involved in the business. So they understand where you're coming from. And so they're, you know, they're on the same page and there isn't any extra sturm and drang around all of that. And then I think um, the last thing is, my biggest takeaway is it's, you know, it's complicated. So you got to spend some time on it. It's just not going to, these things just won't happen for you if you're spending five minutes thinking about it here and there as you're running down to Starbucks or whatever it is. So I think Winston Churchill said something like, um, Plans are useless, but planning is everything priceless. So, you know, the actual plan that you come up with probably will change a million times, but you have to go through that planning process and continue to go through the planning process in order to to make headway. And eventually you'll, you'll get to where you want to go. So those are my takeaways.
0: Yeah. I think it's refreshing to just, as we've talked through a bunch of these scenarios, I feel like you guys always kind of arrive at well, you know, these are some strategies or some methods of thinking through it or planning, you know, but there isn't a magic bullet, you know, and I think, you know, a lot of times we're looking for that. We want, you know, I want that sometimes. And you just recognize that, you know, it's, it's not really out there, <laughs> you know, you can be more strategic and you can be more effective and you can improve, you know, but it's not like, oh, this is the magical recipe and it's just going to work perfect every time. Which I think goes to what you said is just complicated. There's a lot of moving parts and a lot of variables. Yeah. Brooks, you look like you're pondering something there. If you want to Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, what Wes said, that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ditto. No. <laughs> Ditto for me. I mean, I would agree absolutely with what, what Wes said. Again, I think my biggest takeaway as we've been talking about this is be intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, with everything you do is just be intentional about these things that Wes was talking about, what, what is the purpose of my business? Is it for me? Is it to pass on, be intentional about what you're doing with your business organization, be intentional about what you're doing, if your family's involved or with your family and try to just continually do that. And I think you end up with a better, a better result because people will recognize they're like, Oh, you know, they're trying, they're thinking about it. They're, they're making an effort and your, your family will appreciate that or your friends will appreciate that. I think that it's always be yeah, having intent about what you're doing versus just like, oh man, I'm getting whipsawed around all the time. And, you know, it's either the salesperson's fault or the operations person's fault, or it's the customer's fault, or it's the economy's fault, or, you know, try to circle that stuff in and drive it whatever direction you want to go. But you have to go back to what Wes's points were, which is, you know, where do you want to go?
0: Yeah. I like that thought on intention, because I feel, I feel like even if, you know, it doesn't go perfect according to plan, which it probably won't. It, it just won't. give it gives you that sense of purpose, I think, to some degree to just go, Hey, I'm, I'm working towards this and I'm planning and taking, you know, steps I've thought about the steps and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. And you, you know, deviate to go back to your quote, Wes, you know, you change the plans, but yeah, I like that a lot. It's just, if you have that intention, then at least you can, feel good about the progress. I feel like no matter how slow it may be, because you know, you're, you're at least working towards something you said, Hey, I want to work towards just as simple as that can, I think, give you some purpose.
1: I think it's very similar to your, you know, if you, if you have a 401k plan or anything like that, you know, you just have to make a deposit every month or every two weeks. And over 40 years, those deposits will add up to something great. And so it's just with your business, you just have to make a deposit every day and making that effort in over 30, 40 years, it's going to be something that's, that's pretty great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So Wes, you, you hit your couple of takeaways there, Brooks, you said intention. Did you have anything else or where you're similar to, to what Wes related? Similar
1: to Wes's. So I you know won't spend time repeating it, but it's just being intentional about what you're doing as you're doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think those are, those are good takeaways. And yeah, I'll have to go back. I, I already forgot what my takeaways were, see if they're similar to you. Well, well, I, I hope that they're different. Yeah, because uh, and I would hope that you know people listening had their their own takeaways too, because it's very situational and everyone's in kind of a different part of that that journey. Well, I guess as we kind of wrap here, we're getting close to the end of the year, getting to the end of this episode. You guys have any final thoughts on just kind of this divide between operations sales marketing kind of back to our original topic of the day uh, any, <laughs> any parting I would, words I would, of wisdom <laughs> I, I would go with work on your systems
1: you know break out the e-myth by gerber go back and if you're feeling like your business is chaotic or just you know it's only only you can do everything you know read that book again or read it for the first time listen to it and it'll help your business just tenfold just by working on your systems and you know, it's amazing how quickly you recognize, oh, this is just you know, an oral tradition that I pass on and tell someone how to do every single time versus, oh, here's a system. So I think that's a, a big one.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I'll just piggyback on that. I would say invest in making those moves too. I found that when I just said, okay, I need to get out of operations. I'm going to invest in somebody to do that they actually were a big part of building those systems and improving the system. So right. then, you know, that actually removed that from my plate. And that uh, for me, I am moderately detail oriented. So <laughs> that was a huge help for my personality wise. And uh, and then it actually, you know, got that, that system done to your point,
1: Brooks. Well, it's knowing that you need, that you have a need for that in your business, what you have a need for and, you know, bring brave enough to hire for it and tell the person, you know what, this is, this is the vision I see. We're not even close to it yet, but I can't do it with what I'm doing. So, but I'm willing to invest the capital in you yeah. to go do that work. And I think that was your, it sounds like that was your experience, Spencer.
0: Yeah. I think it helps, you know, empower that person too. They're like, wow, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm going to be a critical part of getting to that vision And they are, you know, because otherwise the, the pain threshold, you know, was never high enough for me where I just sat down and started documenting everything. It always just fell at the bottom of the list. So, yeah. Well,
1: and you, then you just deal with it as a problem. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the great things. Just a one-off
0: problem. Yeah.
1: Is this a one-time problem or is this, are we talking about this every single day, every single week, you know, and then, Oh, we better systematize that.
0: Yeah. That's amazing too. Just, I don't know if I'm just inherently lazy or what it is, but you're like, you know, you should build the system and you're like, oh, this is, we've dealt with this three times. I should system, and you still just like, couldn't do it. So I don't know what it is, but anyway, we we took the step, it worked out well. <laughs> Wes, how about you, any any final thoughts? on? No, I, I, agree
2: with, I agree with Brooks, but I think um, to what you just said, Spence or and Brooks about building systems, systematize, but don't systematize too much. I think maybe you're referring to that, Brooks, right? You know, it's a one-off. You don't build a system around it because all of a sudden your whole business will just grind to a halt because you've got a system for absolutely everything. So it's got to be a repetitive issue and problem. Then you build a system around it. But if it's not, it's a one-off. Every business has one-offs. And, you know, you kind of build a little bit of a a catch system for, oh, okay, well, it's what happens when something we totally didn't expect happens. This is how we'll kind of deal with that on the fly and um, just have a system for how do we disseminate information and discuss it and come up with a solution and iterate that forward. But yeah, don't build a system for absolutely everything. I've tried that. That really doesn't work.
1: <laughs> yeah, we, always, we would always ask that question. Is this, yeah, is this, does this require a system or is it just a one-off and yeah. you know, things that just happen that you're just like, well, that's, probably yeah. not going to happen again. And a lot of times they just don't, or they might happen 10 years later or something like that. You know, if every, if every bathroom you build, they're always asking you what's the counter selection the day they're installing the counter. That's something that needs a system. Yeah. Yeah. sounds like you need a selection sheet, product selection sheet. Right. <laughs> but you know, what, if what happens if, Oh, you know, Hey, we're doing a kitchen or kitchen remodel. And it turns out there's, you know, a cast iron waste pipe right in the middle of this wall do you need a system for that? Or is that like, well, we know there's going to be situations like this and here's how we adapt.
0: Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Well, Hey, as we wrap, I'm going to throw something different at you guys since we're in, in the holiday season, we'll wrap with Brooks. What's your favorite holiday tradition that you guys do around this time of year?
1: Oh, wow. Well, so it's changed because when uh, the kids were little, uh, well, my kids are all adults now. So they really are not into sitting on the sofa with me and having me read them. You know, the night before Christmas. You know, on Christmas Eve, I've tried to encourage it. <laughs> with a lot of support. So that was a tradition we uh, <laughs> we really enjoyed. And kind of as things have evolved, I just really enjoy you know getting together with everybody and uh, you know when we have a little gift giving under the tree. That's always fun because it's fun to you know, to see people open the gifts that you've worked hard to try to get. So I, you know, enjoy that, but really probably the greatest wish, is just, you know, getting together with friends and family and, you know, it's a special time. So it's, a, uh, it's always fun.
0: Yeah. So that's that's cool. Well, good luck this year getting them to sit on your lap again, but it sounds like that, that may not happen. <laughs> I don't think it's going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> that's an old you, tradition
1: Wes? that I've had to let go.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh you, Wes?
2: Oh, gosh. I mean, I think my favorite one around Christmas is uh, our Eve tradition. of, You know, we make homemade hamburgers and homemade french fries and homemade milkshakes. And, you know, we eat all that and then we pick out a movie and it's usually something that's very Christmas themed, you know, like Die Hard. Um, <laughs> which you think, what? Die Hard with Bruce Willis? Well, it does happen at Christmas. So. And, and if you
0: Google what, it, that, Christmas yeah. movies, that's like, oh yeah, that's, near the
2: top. Uh, so, exactly right. Uh,
0: they came up on the
1: list this year, what movie to watch for the, around the holidays. And, uh, I was suggesting, uh, there was a few in the group suggesting Die Hard, the Christmas yeah.
2: movie. Yeah. So it's a good one. And so we just, you know, really enjoyed that. At least I did. And just very relaxing and fun and everyone's there and you're joking around, but it's just a good time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, mine was the same as burgers, fries, and shakes was always like, Hey, what are we doing? Christmas Eve? burgers, fries, and shakes. And yeah, Yeah. go watch some Die Hard. And yeah, so it's always always a good time. So (laughs) well, (laughs) hopefully you guys are all in the midst of your favorite holiday traditions as well. And uh, as always, appreciate you guys listening to us here on building a family business. And we will see you next time back here on Builder Funnel Radio.